coming up next. I think first thing is it's it's got to be relationship building. So once you kind of develop a relationship with your students, it should ideally make things a little easier for the like for you to teach them. I think once they understand you as a as a teacher and what your your intentions are for them, I think it's it's all about relationships that you have with your kids, right? The Job Talk podcast shares stories from people who are passionate and love what they do in their careers. Through conversation, we explore their careers, past work experiences, and the education that got them to where they are now. We are putting together a Career Crisis Ultimate interview series. We are asking experts to give their best advice and guidance around work anxiety, career pressures, career goal setting, and ultimately career transformation. To learn more about this special interview series and get notified when it's available, please visit our webpage at thejobtalk.com slash help. Today's guest is Peter Medina. Here's our job talk with the junior high teacher. Peter, I know we both share an extreme love for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, unfortunately, this isn't a hockey podcast. This is a, a career podcast, so I won't be asking you any questions. Oh, that's all good. About Probably that. a, a side, not only a side episode or something. <laughs> exactly. Like a playoff edition. Maybe. Well, yeah. free agents uh, can start signing tomorrow, so this would be good timing. But yeah. I'm here to talk to you about being a junior high school teacher. And my first question for you is, why did you decide to become a teacher? Well, I think it was a couple of reasons. Uh, I think, well, my dad was an engin- or a mechanical engineer. So I think at that point I looked at it, it was like, that looks like a lot of hard work. Uh, and then like he had a, he had a, you know, like Asian parents, I think have this dream for you that you're going to be like a pharmacist or a dentist or a doctor. I'm like, I don't know if I can, I don't think I have the brains for that one. So I, yeah. I'll, I'll try to do something and make myself useful. Uh, and education, I think like was important to my dad. Uh, yeah. So I think that's, that was part of it. Uh, I had some really phenomenal teachers growing up. So I think that also influenced me like getting into education. Um, and then high school, like I had a couple of high school teachers, like they, I never necessarily talked to them about going into education, but just, just the way they, they carried themselves, like, like super organized and just passionate about like what they taught. I thought that was kind of like, I, I could see myself doing that. Uh, and then you think about like just your own life through elementary or junior high school. Sometimes I think it's like, you, you see kids that, that like, I think myself, you don't get the fair shake in, in that you know, as at that age, as a teenager, or like a young individual and, you know, like you get kids pick on you and stuff like that. So maybe it's just kind of looking at my own like life as a, as a child or a youth and, and going, okay, well, what kinds of things I learn and, and face that was hard that I can try to correct, like with this generation of like youth. Right. So try to make them a little bit better than, than kids treated me as well, I think too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And what, what, what was your first post-secondary experience? Uh, so post-secondary experience, I uh, actually ended up like doing a, a science degree or a bachelor of science degree at uh, Concordia in Edmonton. And uh, I thought like maybe the journey was going to take me through like high school science and go through something like that. Uh, and this is sort of like a backup plan. And then um, when I went to the U of A, they had uh, after degrees. So I did a two year after degree after my bachelor of science and, you know, there like a decision could have been made, go into elementary education or go into secondary education. Then all that time there was, uh, I think it was fresh off the talk of like year, like high school shootings in the States and stuff. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to 
go into like high school shooting or like a high school situation where they've got, you know, shootings and stuff. Not that like, you know, any now when you look at it in the news now, it's like shootings happen in any like level of school. Right. Yeah. So I, that deterred me from going into high school and I actually ended up going into like elementary ed, uh, you know, to, to start there. So I did my after degree into that for post-secondary. Is that when you have to make the decision of which stream you're going to go into? Uh, not necessarily. So like, as you see now, like I, I ended up as a junior high teacher. So my training is in elementary, uh, yeah. and I did, I think six years of it, uh, and then opportunity just presented itself. So, uh, I think having that science degree also kind of backed like myself up as, as like, eventually I became a science teacher, right? Like for junior high. So I teach currently like grade seven science, uh, next year is going to be grade eight science. I've done grade nine science as well too. So, uh, I don't think you necessarily need to make that decision. Maybe it's what you're passionate about at the time or like, you know, influence that's around you. Uh, but then, you know, some, like some people, um, they, they end up making that decision right away. Like I, I, a former student of mine wants to get into education next year, actually. Uh, um, and so he talked to me and, and he's, his major is, uh, math and I think his minor is physics. So he's, he's determined to get into secondary education. So that's a decision he's making. Right. Whereas if you look at my story, it's like, okay, I went elementary, I decided to teach elementary. And then at the school that I was at, it happened to be an elementary junior high school. Yeah. So, you know, I kind of was walking around one day and then they're kind of looking for staffing next year. And they said, Hey, how would you like to, to try junior high? And, uh, like at that time I was teaching grade six and then I'm like, well, you know, I guess how different could it be as you go into grade seven or eight or nine? And I said, well, yeah, like let's, let's try it. Right. So, uh, that happened and I've never looked back since. Right. So I've been a, I guess I identify more as a junior high teacher now. <laughs> you yeah. look young. I'm sorry. Did you say it was a former student that is looking into a career as a teacher? I won't actually drop names, but you know, like how we all kind of know each other. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that, that former student is, uh, is yeah, he's, he's, um, actually when I talked to him, he's planning to start his student teaching this October. Okay. So yeah, that's great. Can you remember the first day you walked in to teach your very first class? How were you feeling and how did, how did your first day go? Oh, okay. Well, I think that one was, that one was about survival. So I did several interviews in August and, uh, it kind of started to take me further South of Edmonton. So I think if I remember, I had, uh, a, like an interview in Pinoca and then an interview in Red Deer and then like finally an interview in Calgary. Right. Uh, I think after that, like if I didn't nail the Calgary interview, the next one would have been Okotoks. So <laughs> it just, it just kind of kept going down like highway two. Right. So I interviewed on a Wednesday, I think. Uh, and then I actually ended up staying, uh, like it was a later interview in the day. Like I, I thought I would just drive down to Calgary, uh, you know, go for the interview and then just drive back up. Right. And, um, <clears throat> anyways. I ended up uh, like just, it was a later interview. So I'm like, oh, I'll just stay in Calgary for the, the, you know, the day after. Right. And, and hang out there for a little bit. Uh, and then I drove home and, uh, you know, didn't think much of it, but I felt like the interview went really well. I think Thursday I found out I got the job. I told my parents like, Hey, I'm moving to Calgary. <laughs> like, like I was living with my parents at the time. So I really just had my room to move out. Right. So, and then I also had to find a place like while I'm packing and all this kind of stuff in the meantime. And right now I'm not thinking about like, um, I'm not thinking about like the first day of school. I'm just thinking, okay, how am I going to get from Edmonton to Calgary in a matter of a few days? 
be there like for when I need to be there and then like actually get the place and uh, you know start start now actually thinking about the job right and then I think by Friday or Saturday I was driving south and then I had found the place uh, talked to them like got the rent kind of like covered and everything moved in and it was just like throw everything in the place uh, said bye to my parents like you know like hey thanks for helping me move down here like in your support and we'll see where this goes it's like first like first job it's exciting uh and then it was um like saturday sunday i'm like okay wrap my head around grade three go into monday that's kind of when you're hanging out with like the staff kind of getting coordinated for for the like the first day and like what you're going to do for the year and they're like well there's been a change so you're actually going to move up to like grade five six yeah. now right so I'm like, well, okay, I, I, I kind of welcome that. It's a little bit older crowd, right? But now your head's got to switch. And it's like, okay, I did my student teaching in grade five and six. I should have that experience. I should yeah. be okay, right? And then next thing you know, like it's Tuesday, the kids arrive. And it's just like, it was like my room was kind of bare bones because at the time I didn't really know what I was teaching. Like it, it jumped from one thing to the other. Just met the kids on the first day and, and just survived to like, I think it was a nine to three school yeah. day. and. By that time, I was like exhausted, right? <laughs> like it's a whirlwind like tour to to get in that first like job. Well, so, it's a it's yeah. a big transition your first job, but I want to focus on your your career as a junior high school teacher, and over your okay. career as a junior high teacher, what surprised you the most? Do you think have you experienced surprises through your career that you weren't really expecting? I think, you know, I think that I'd have to say the biggest surprise is COVID. That's like, that was, I think, the one thing that like, I was not like, no one could expect. And, and, and this isn't just for the teaching job, right? This is for everybody, right? So that was the biggest surprise, like, I think in my career that I would never want to go back to again. Um, you know, I, and, and I could say that probably for a lot of teachers, like to, to, you know, to be teaching over a computer screen. It's, uh, it's, it's one thing I wouldn't recommend. And I, you can start to see the effects now of how, like, now that we have all of the students back in person, uh, at least the ones that, that wanted to learn that way, uh, which is majority of them, it's, uh, it, it makes such a difference, but you can also see how that timeline has affected like students now in their learning and, and like them attaining concepts or trying to, to deliver concepts to them, which you would expect that they have the background knowledge to, to, yeah. to advance, right? I, I so, watched yeah. my grade five son uh, walk around the house, often shirtless with uh, his Chromebook. <laughs> so I understand why you were looking at black <laughs> black screens. And I would see him out in his fort yeah. in the backyard. I would see him in the kitchen downstairs. He was everywhere. What? Sorry, oh, go and, ahead. And this, I think the the scams that you could you could like have a, a kid do right like that black screen's on but it says <laughs> that they're in the meeting and it's like yeah you could call on them and then like you wouldn't get a response right because yeah. they were somewhere else. Well, right? I've seen so, those videos online yeah. where uh, somebody will pretend that their video froze, but the uh, ceiling fan will still be rolling <laughs> behind them. So um, I'm sure there's lots <laughs> of tricks that the students picked up on. I, oh, I want to ask yeah, you though, so have many. you noticed how the the pandemic changed students have students changed now that you've been back in the classroom after a pandemic i think i yeah i think it's uh you can see like their like their social behaviors like some are really yeah. awkward right uh just even 
you know, normally any other year, like if they were on a roll, you could have this like fluid, like discussion on any topic or whatever. Right. And just be like, you know, kids would be eager to like share yeah. and everything. Right. And, and the, the discussions would be, you know, not like yeah. they'd be painless. Uh, for me this year, like I, I felt like it was, it was just like still talking to those screens, kids so reluctant to speak when they, they, they should like, right. And, and, and as a grade seven math teacher, like I had to kind of cut and snip certain parts out because like, that's where our first, like, how do we transition these kids into like now online learning and what do you cut out? What can you get them through? What do you expected of them? Like to, to get through the year. So yeah, I like, I would have to say that some things were cut out. Yeah. Right. Uh, then, you know, look at the, the grade eights now that I taught this year, they would have been the grade sevens. So you can start to see like how that's affecting them, especially in math, right? Like science is one of those subjects where it's not necessarily progressive on some of the stuff that, that happened in the year past, but uh, math, you can totally see like, like the damage, like the pandemic has done to, towards learning uh, more on the, the academic side. Yeah. As well. What, what about behavior? Have you noticed a difference between pre and post pandemic with behavior of kids? The school that I'm at, they're, they're pretty good kids yeah. to begin with. So I, I, not a lot of behavior issues. I think it's just more of the, the awkwardness, them being so used to like, just kind of doing whatever they wanted to on their own time. And. And if they wanted to play those games and hide and not show up to class and keep the screen off, that's where, that's where it, it, it does, I think, affect them now as, yeah. a, as an in-person learner, uh, because they're like, holy, I actually need to be accountable now because I'm actually here in the school. Right. So I don't think that behavior can, can continue on. So, but they're, they're not malicious kids at the school that I teach at. They're, they're pretty good to begin with. So I think that that blip in the pandemic there, like, I think they also some of them i think realize like holy like i've just done a number to myself and then they they kind of start taking things seriously but i think some of them are still kind of in that mindset where it's like okay yeah i'm in person yeah. i still don't care how, right how do you handle a reluctant so, learner i, I how, wait i'm gonna ask you first how long has your teaching career been peter uh so this september is the start of 19 years so 19 years 19 years so through your 19 year career as a teacher, I imagine you've seen every type of student and you've probably learned different techniques on how to get through to them. How, how do you handle a reluctant student? And that could also mean maybe behavior issue with, with the student as well. Yeah, I think, I think first thing is it's, it's gotta be relationship building. So once you kind of develop a relationship with your students, it should ideally make things a little easier for the like. For you to teach them right uh you know sometimes i think the buy-in is going to be hard especially depending on the topics that you're trying to teach for me like i'm heavily focused on science and math so i think sometimes it it's not their jam right it's uh like they excel in in other things but you know i think the first thing is once you've got that relationship with them uh you know you, you tell them like and you're honest with them and just say like hey you know what i know that maybe this isn't the topic that you're strong at but you know, yeah. like I'm here to help you, right? Like, I think that's the biggest thing that you gotta let them know. I'm not here to work against you. There might be times where we might clash, but it's not because I'm trying to give you a hard time purposely. It's because I just want what's best for you, right? And I think once they understand you as a, as a teacher and what your, your intentions are for them, I think it's, it's all about relationship that you have with your kids, right? Uh, I think if, if the, there's, there's no common ground or you're not trying to seek a relationship with them, uh, I think it's, it makes it even more difficult to, to try to, to get them to learn a subject that they are already reluctant yep. to learn. Right. 
So I think you've got to you've got to you've got to show them like what you're here for, what you can do for them. You you acknowledge that like you know they might be struggling, but you just want the best for them. So and and the importance of it. Do you apply the same technique to their parents when you're when you're talking to their parents? <laughs> Um, I think, I think the hard part is like the relationship, like they, they might like, it depends on the support that you get with them. Right. Yeah. Some are, some love, like the teachers that we have here at the, at the school that I work in, they, they know that we're trying to do the best for them. Um, you know, I think some parents, it, it, it's a whole spectrum of them. Right. So it's like they're behind their kid and they support him a lot, or you can have the ones that like, yeah, just, you know, like do what you want. Right. Sometimes you're not going to get that support from the parents or, you know, sometimes they don't, they don't like you, right? Like, I think that's the thing, right? So you're not going to win them all, but you know, you, you, you gotta, I think after 19 years, it's kind of like, you can't take things personally. You just have to, you have to roll with it. And, and I know that I'd have to say a lot of teachers wear their heart on their sleeve, uh, so to speak. And, you know, sometimes when, when things don't go well, or you get criticized by a parent, uh, or you clash it, it they take it personally. Right. And, I know there've been times I think myself too, like I've, I've taken things a little personally and it, it eats me a little bit, but then it's okay. You can't let this like bother you. It's one probably out of say, like on average, say 30 kids, if 29 other kids are liking you and, and they're, they're rolling with it and you're doing the best you can for them, then you're doing an all right job. If it's one, like, I, I don't think you can let it bother you. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Having kids and being a teacher, I, I feel one of the attributes, best attributes is having a thick skin. Peter, what do you love best about being a junior high teacher? Every day through the year, it's like, it's never the same, right? So it's always going to be dynamic. You're always going to move. It's going to be different. Uh, you know, you don't, some days you don't know what to expect, but I think if you start your day and you go, okay, this is going to be a good day. You know that like you tell yourself it's going to be a good day. Who knows? It might end up cra like crappy at the end of it. Right. But I think for the most part, like, uh, it's, it's just, it's always going to be a different day. There's always different challenges. Uh, there's different things going on. It's always, it, it's a go, go, go kind of, uh, feel. And before you know it, it's like the day is over. Right. Uh, I don't think I've ever felt like, you know, this day seems just long. I, I don't, I don't think I've ever felt that way. I think it's because things are always changing. I think, uh, as you go through the, the, the course of a day. Yeah. So what are yeah. some misconceptions about junior high school teachers? <laughs> Uh, I think the number one thing is just as soon as the day starts, say, call it a eight to three job or a nine to three job, that's where you spend your hours. And then like, as soon as you walk out the door at three o'clock or, you know, whatever, that's the end of your day. Right. I think, uh, a lot of people think that, but I think, um, you know, I'll give you an example here. So for me, like I'm married to teachers, so she gets me, right? Yeah. Like she understands, you know, why are you staying late or why are you invested in like some work at home or whatever, right? So I think that's the, those are some of the misconceptions. When you, when you look at like somebody that is married to a teacher, they're in a relationship and the, the other partner is not in a, in the teaching possession, like profession, um, they, they, they question it. It's like, well, why are you not spending time with me? Or why do you have to do this on the weekend? I, it takes a little while. So I think like a, a friend of mine was, was dating somebody that was not a, a teacher. And then that was kind of the, 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 the thing that was going on in their relationship. Like it took him a while to realize why are you doing this? Right. Uh, and, and that's the thing. Like it's, I think that was, that's one of the biggest, I think it, it can, it still exists. Teaching has been around for like ages but it's that nine to three or eight to three kind of like thing. You never have to take anything home or 
as soon as you walk out the door, you just look, not look back and then and that's it. Just this most recent last part of the year, like uh, I was spending after three o'clock to about 4.30, uh, you know, I'm coaching track, right? To get kids ready for, for a track and field event. That, that takes me to 4.30 and then leaving the building, like still wrapping up stuff like afterwards and I'm probably out the door by 4.45, five o'clock. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of an early starter, so like usually I'll be at the school at 7:30. I think that's kind of one of those things. You, you, you like legally, I think we're 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 supposed to be there 15 minutes before the start and 15 minutes after. But you know, I'm just there. Like I don't I don't want to be that that guy that like you know something happens on on the hen day or whatever and you're stuck and you're not actually at work, right? So yeah, uh, yeah, I don't want to be that guy. What is the most rewarding gift you've received from a student at the end of the year? Because I believe that still happens, doesn't it? Students will bring yeah, in I'd, things for their teacher. Yeah, like a, as a junior high teacher, it gets a little, uh, I get a little less and less, I think. Um, you know, just, <laughs> they got to up like, their game they, a little bit, maybe. Uh, if you're looking at like more emotional like gifts, I think... You know, sometimes it's just it's just words that that kids say. Like I did, I was a grade nine homeroom at one point, and uh, you know, it's it's just cool like to uh, to hear some kids that leave grade nine and and uh, like they they call you the goat, right? <laughs> so yeah, the greatest yeah, of all it's, time. Uh, like you know, yeah. the, the greatest yeah. greatest of all time. I think that's like some of the most memorable like you know emotional gifts I've got versus like say physical, because I am a junior high teacher. It's starting to get to uh, to that part where. You're teaching younger siblings of kids that are now like either graduated high school or going into university and stuff. And uh, they they came back to visit like this year. So I'm chatting with with kids that are entering like their first year of university and or some of them like into second year of university. And you're chatting with them and you're you're finding out like, okay, what or like not even university, like even post-secondary at yeah. eight or something. And so I think that's the other gift that you can uh, that that I really love about the job. It's they they, they tell you what they're up to. They're still learning. Uh, I think that's what's really important. Like, you know, I could care less, like, you know, what, what they're doing afterwards. It's just, you know, I think what's most important is that they didn't drop yeah. out of school, right? Like they, they didn't give up on it. And I think for them to come back and say, Hey, you know what, like, this is what I'm doing. And you're just like, wow, I taught you like so long ago, but you've, you figured it out. You've, you're doing something now that's, that's productive. It's exciting you know, uh, just some of the things that they said that they were getting into. Yeah. It, it's amazing. It's, 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 it's such a neat feeling to, to see like, Hey, I'm teaching your younger brother yeah. or sister right now. I taught you like years ago and this is what you're up to. I think that's one of the, the other most rewarding gifts you can get from this job. Are you amazed so. at how you can like over a 19 year career? I, I don't even know what the numbers of students that you would have taught, do you, do you, are you surprised sometimes that you will remember a student from like 18 years ago? Uh, you know, to be honest with you, uh, I don't know if they call it like, you know, being face blind or something, but yeah. sometimes like you would encounter a student, but you had to, you know, you were wearing masks at the time. So all you could see is just their eyes and it's like, okay, you, you've gotten older. I know who you are, but I don't remember your name. So I'm at that yeah. stage now. It's like, I'm starting to forget <laughs> names. Uh, with some of them, like depending on, you know, how often they visit or how often they like, you know, like if they, if they did something memorable or they made a comment or whatever, you might remember those names, like either positive or negative comments. Like sometimes when they say, oh yeah, my younger brother is this. And then you get their last name. It's like, oh, okay, now I remember you. Right. Like, so yeah, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. that's some of them, but they'll always remember me. They, that's like one name they had to like remember. Right. So 
Yeah, I usually say at the beginning of the year, like when I'm trying to try and remember names, I'm like, yeah, be patient with me. Like I got like, you know, say 90 names to remember. You only have to remember one, right? It's just me, right? So uh, just give, you know, be patient. And then it's things that they'll do, I think, over the course and how often you teach them as well too. Uh, Sometimes you'll remember those names a lot more. So, yeah. Yeah. What, What are some challenges that teachers are facing in the next little while, do you think? When I first started teaching, um, you know, even as an elementary teacher, there wasn't a lot of talk about, you know, el- or mental health, right? Yeah. So I think now that it's, you know, there's still like stigma there, like as, as a health teacher as well, too. You know, I try to, to break down those walls and to, to tell kids like, hey, you know what? People struggle with mental health, right? I think, you know, the pandemic has done a number of, of, on mental health for like for students as well, too. And, and the effects are like further coming down, right? So I think that's the other one looking at students and, and the complexity of their mental health as well too, I think is is a huge one. So you can see when I first started in my career, there was really no talk about it, right? But now when you, now that I'm like later in my career, it's it's something you you advocate for and make sure the, the well-being of your students is, is, is you know, taken care of, yeah. right? So I think that's another, another large one that, um, that teachers are facing. You look at uh, like equity and diversity and anti-racism and inclusion, right? So you're looking at that as well too. So, you know, I think newer teachers, I think get it more like now versus say older teachers, right? So older teachers may be struggling through like looking at like some old ways and just like the way that they've talked, right? Like, or spoken to students, right? So I think, I, I think I'm at a good age where like I can adapt and I think, uh, you know, people that may be a little bit older than me, like it's, you're kind of stuck in your ways a little bit. Right. So I think that's another one that, uh, that like teachers have to be more cautious about and, and, uh, another area of, uh, maybe difficulty that they're facing. Peter, do you have any advice you could give to somebody that's considering a career as a teacher? One of the, the cliches is, uh, you know, just be prepared to work hard. Um, I'd have to say like advice wise, uh, you know, kind of going back to how I started my first, uh, my first year of teaching, it was like just this whirlwind tour of like, you know, try to figure out what do you need to use and teach and then just kind of, uh, survive you into your, your first week of school or your first day of school. And then, you know, kind of get going from first month and then second month and so on. So I, I'd have to say like, you know, don't let working hard discourage you. Like it, it can be really rewarding. Um, it, at times it, you might actually literally feel hopeless. Right. So, but, uh, you know what, I think it's, if you have a, a good work ethic, I think it, you'll, you'll survive. Uh, I think the other thing too, is, you know, depending on like what your, your relationship is, uh, you know, I, I kind of likened it to, you know, when I started teaching, I was a single guy and it's like, well, I didn't have to be, you know, responsible or accountable to, to anybody. So I, I could feel like, okay, if I wanted to take a break year for myself, like I could do that. And then, you know, like spend my Saturday, Sunday, like just consumed for like eight hours and, and make it a working day and then just work on stuff. Right. Uh, that's, that's the thing. Right. But I think if you are in that relationship, make sure that they do understand that, like, you know, you're going through this because you're, you're trying to keep your, your survival afloat, uh, you know, uh, as I kind of mentioned, like, you know, some people that don't come from the education field, uh, they, they don't understand why you're spending this many hours to, to work on something or why it takes that much time. 
Um, so find that balance, I think, is the other thing. And, and like I said, I've been doing this for 19 years, so uh, I'm still trying to find balance. It's a little bit of a change now. Like I've got two young kids, like a, a two-year-old and a four-year-old. So, um, you know, like I'm trying to rediscover like where I could be with my kids and my wife. And then basically at the same time, like what little pockets of time uh, can I now use for myself to, to be doing some marketing or like resource development or something like that. So uh, it's, 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 a, it's such a huge change from when I first started to when where I am now. Uh, it's two different lifestyles. Looking back, like I said, it was just do what you want when you want. Nobody to, to really respond yeah. to, right? Like, and then you could you could you could work Saturday, Sunday, roll into Monday, and then like now you're making it a seven day work week. Now it's like okay, like I got to find pockets of time to still get that work in, and that guy that kind of goes back to the question where it's like a myth debunked, right? Like, is it an eight to three job? It it really isn't. It seems like it could be, but there's all those little pockets of time that you're trying to squeeze out in your day to try and, and get something done for the next day or next two days or whatever it could be, right? So, uh, yeah, like I said, it, it is a lot of hard work, but it, and it could be rewarding. You know what, Peter, thank you so much for the time that you give have given us today. And maybe I'll do a follow-up interview with you uh, when the Edmonton Oilers win the 2023 Stanley Cup next year. Yeah, I would like, we'll have like, you know, we'll have a drink and like, <laughs> we'll plan the parade, you know, all those yeah. kinds of things. Okay, thank yeah. you for your time today, Peter. I really appreciate it. Thanks for it. Uh, having me. Yeah. yeah, enjoyed it. Thank you for tuning in to the Job Talk podcast. For more information, please visit us at thejobtalk.com. Our podcast music was created by our friend Mike Malone in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada.